0: Welcome to the Deserve Street Podcast, the podcast helping you develop forex trading skills for more freedom. I'm your host, it's Kret. We are in episode 138. Let's get started right away. I hope you guys are doing fine and it's just incredible how time goes fast. As this is going live, I should be back in Montreal, Canada for only a few weeks, but it's just crazy how fast the past three months went. And I really left Canada last time on January 7th, I think. And it's already been three months of traveling. Now, there's a lot that happened in the meantime, a lot of good discussion with traders, a lot of content, and a lot of good experience as well. I have to say that one of the biggest things teaching me about life and about everything around it is traveling. And that's been really awesome. If you guys want to see kind of a whole... Summary of my traveling journey, then head out to YouTube. There's been almost a video a day published there while I was traveling. And although I will admit not all are great, I think some have really good lessons that's worth checking out. This is artotrace.com for slash video that's going to lead you to the YouTube channel. Now, for this week's episode, when I was in Taiwan, in Taiwan, I've been the chance to sit down and talk with Morris Jabalinsky. Moritz is the co-founder of Society and Edgewonk. Edgewonk is a pretty cool trading journal software that some of you guys might be familiar with, some of you guys might have tried it and maybe perhaps use it on a daily basis now, but it's an awesome software. And I wanted to bring Moritz back on the podcast, to talk about a little bit more of this tactic and some of the uncommon ways it's used to become a profitable trader and to keep growing. Because it's one thing to become a trader, but you need to know how to keep growing. And how to not settle down and just fall short and become not interested so it's a big thing to be able to pursue the trading but it's another thing to be able to sustain it and to keep growing and to keep becoming better so that's kind of what i want to talk about with moritz and also we share some of the things that people won't talk about sometimes but i want to think about so that's why i think this is a very useful interview so without further ado please help me welcome full-time trader moritz jubarinsky Welcome everyone. I think we're live sitting today once again in Taiwan with Moritz in Berlin. What's going on, Moritz?
1: I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Cool. That's gonna be awesome. So take a few seconds while people are joining us. And if you guys join us, come into the chat. It's gonna be whatever side of the screen it's gonna be in, but that's gonna be useful. So you want to ask questions and comment and we'll make sure to answer your question all the time throughout the live. We'll do kind of an interview as we do usually. It's gonna be a follow-up interview because Moritz wants in a podcast earlier. But uh, yeah, take a few seconds, words, maybe a minute to introduce yourself, tell people what you do and what you're about in Europe these days.
1: All right. So yeah, I'm from Germany. I'm 30 years old now, and I've been trading for quite some time. I'm running tradesciety.com together with my business partner Rolf, and we also run edgewonk.com, which is a trading journal software. And besides that, I have been a day trader and Right now, I'm transitioning to swing trading and position trading because I need more time for myself, my family, my friends, and our businesses. (laughs) We have tons of plans right now. And um, I was living in Asia for seven years, roughly. And right now, I'm moved back to Germany because we are going to open an office location here. And so I will be here for quite some time and i hope in the future i will live six months in hong kong and six months in germany because we want to split our offices between those two cities and uh, yeah i hope that works out
0: love it so i want people to have kind of a, a background of the countries you've been going to and traveling to while having a job and while trading so i know you've been first i think to china which is yes. not the best place to be when you want to trade <laughs> or whatever work so kind of that, like, transition like to... In Asia
1: uh, well in China it was okay because back then when I was there most VPNs were still working right I yeah. mean you need a VPN but Dropbox wasn't blocked yet Google was still working so <laughs> it was a different world I mean now they blocked almost everything all, all the social media the search engines and so on so it's it's getting kind of tough but I still love China and I'm going back there often yeah, in the other places in, in Hong Kong, I mean, it's perfect. You've got light speed internet and no problem at all with working. And um, yeah, but the best infrastructure I ever had in my whole life is, of course, here in Germany because everything is working 24 7. No problems at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a pretty, yeah. pretty big transition, though, from Asia to Europe or Europe to Asia. But yeah love, it. yeah, love it. We have a question here from Gregory. So, what's Gregory? What's your favorite book?
1: My favorite book on trading or general I guess on trading. That guess, would be
0: Yeah, go with both. So a trading book and then a non trading book, because that's gonna kind of vary a lot, I guess.
1: Alright. So a trading book that must be Edwards McGee. It's based on Richard Schabacher's work from nineteen twenty nine It's about classic chart patterns. Analysis of stock trends, right? That book is simply if you want to trade classic chart patterns and with a with a like They really present the whole topic in a very concise way and if you want to trade classic chart patterns which still work today then that is your book and it's my all-time favorite on that topic or on trading and um, non-trading book is is, a tough one. It's changing all the time. I read a new book uh, one month and I think it's the best ever and then I read a new book after that and it's even better. (laughs) But I think If I had to choose, it would probably be Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand or Fountainhead. Yeah, both, both, pretty much.
0: Love it. We'll link them below after that. And so what we want to talk about today, I'm super excited for that. We want to talk about kind of uncommon ways to succeed in trading. And it's good to want to succeed in trading by reading about trend lines and patterns and stuff, but I think there's much more to it, much more behind that we don't necessarily talk about sometimes. So, Mark is a big fan of productivity, health and fitness, and all these things around that we can do to become better traders. So, I want to ask you first if we were to look like, let's say, outside the technical trading or outside just charts, what do you think would be the thing that helped you most become a profitable trader and trade full time?
1: Simply being organized. (laughs) Love it. And you start that with, uh, you can start slowly with to do lists. Like, if you don't use to do lists, in my eyes, you're doing a lot of things very wrong because as a trader you have to make a lot of decisions every day and if you get up in the morning and you still have to think about i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and so on then it takes a lot of your brain power away which is also one of the reasons for example why a lot of successful people wear the same clothes every day (laughs) because decision fatigue right so i look at my checklist or my to-do list in the morning i have i use wonder list. i have a category for each day of the week so today is tuesday i look at my to-do list it tells me what to do <laughs> and i do that and until i'm finished i follow it blindly right because it's a process i have refined over the years and it helps me save a lot of time it helps me um, use my brain for the more important things my whole trading is organized there when to look at which watch list and when to scan which market and so on everything is in there and it makes my life way easier i can finish a lot more work in a much shorter amount of time and then i have free time right because structured time is just as important as unstructured time for creativity trading is also about creativity yeah so if you want to start with being more productive, start using a to-do list. Start slow. Just write down um, Monday, scan the markets. Tuesday, scan the markets. And then you add another point. Monday after scanning the markets, enter trades into your channel and so on. And you can load build the process and refine it all the time. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. And the cool thing is that a to-do list, like The things you have on your to-do list, are going to depend on what level you're at, what you work on what business maybe you have. But yes. so if you are a beginning trader, or let's say a trader was not profitable, what would have to be on you to do this? Absolutely, to be able to make progress
1: and grow. It would have to be trading related first. It depends on your trading style. Of course, if you are a day trader, then session preparation first. And looking at the news that come out that day, high impact news first. Then maybe do a meditation, practice a different session preparation things. Then trade. After trading, enter trades into your journal, review, stuff like that should be on your to-do list. And the thing about the human brain is you get a dopamine fix every time you click something <laughs> on your to-do list. And a winner list is nicely designed like that. It's like you click on you click on an item and it makes bing and then it gives you this dopamine boost, right? And it just feels really good. So <laughs> Uh, like That's a awesome. game.
0: It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The other cool thing about to is the fact that you get to develop kind of this I don't know if I want to say addiction, but kind of this organized, like this mindset of focusing on like daily habits and things you do daily. And I think yes. a lot of people who want to succeed in training, they can do things daily and start to see results over time. Right. So yes. it's not about like doing this one thing and then becoming profitable one day. It's it's more yeah. about the daily things that you do, right?
1: Exactly. It, it adds up over time. It's like when you do sports, you just start slow and you build up and you build up and all these little things, they will add up to make a huge impact on your bottom line in trading eventually. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: So why don't you tell us a little bit how it happened for you to become profitable and kind of what were the things that you did before that? And I know we've talked about it before a few times. We have hang out in Hong Kong, talk about that also. But what are these things that you've kept doing over time? become profitable
1: definitely meditation that helped me a lot i do it two times a day 20 minutes i started it then i stopped then i started it i didn't feel the immediate effects and so on and now i've been doing it for quite some time and it's just amazing like I, i track it in my journal did i meditate today or not and the results are actually visible right so if if I filter for I did meditate today and then I filter for all the trading sessions that had the same market condition my results are much better if I meditated before the trading session. So that is really one huge impact on the bottom line and Ed Psychoda for example he's also a huge fan of meditation Paul Tudor Jones too I think they've said it in various interviews so that's really something you can do right now 10 minutes each morning or before you trade and it will have a positive effect not only on trading but also on your on your life in general besides that of course you have to use a trading journal that's like no trading journal no money yeah of <laughs> course <effect>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have met one trader in my life who is trading without a journal and making money but that's one out of thousands okay there's always an exception to the rule so mm-hmm. you are not going to be the exception right don't be arrogant so you need a trading journal. But and, I'm pretty sure
0: even that trader is doing something to review or to track at some
1: point, no? He's doing it in his mind. Of course, he's reviewing his trades, but he looks at the trades without writing down any notes, right? I think maybe he has a photographic memory. I don't know how he does it. Hmm. <laughs> Works for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. One of the things that really helped me to become better in trading, to like really fasten the time it took me to improve is to, yes, like journal, write things down, but also to review every week, every month, or every quarter. Yes. So I'm guessing you do that as well. So what is your review process right now? And how often, what do you do, what do you look at? Do you write something? How does that happen?
1: I, I use um, Edgewonk, my own product. So I'm biased, of course. But it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, based on, <laughs> it's based on my own personal journal, which I was using before. So I'm very happy with the product. And I use that for reviewing. And I, if I'm day trading, I review it after the session, right? After the session, I directly input my trades into Edgewonk. I review them. I write down some notes um, about which, which lessons I learned today. We have a session function in Edgewonk. So I can write down in the session of 19th January, I learned these and these lessons. Da, da, da. That's what I do after day trading. And for my swing trading, I do it once a week on the weekend i prepare for the next week and i also review the last week because my positions they are like a few months so i only have to work on that trading style on the weekend and um yeah just put your trades into your journal review them learn your lesson and maybe adjust for the next session if there's anything Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. love it and so, I didn't know you could do that in, in Hedge Wrong. That's pretty cool. That's pretty flexible and fast. If you can write everything and see each other at the same time, that's pretty cool. Love it. Yes. Now, I guess maybe you've been in that situation before where like, everything seems to go wrong. Like You have a really, really bad week. <laughs> that you lose most of your trade, or in, let's say every trade if that happens. And some people are in that situation right now. So, what would you tell them to do?
1: I'm in that situation right now, too. Uh, last week was a nightmare for our stocks because I, I went long quite a few positions and they got all clobbered i was saved by a few short positions so it's it's not that bad right but still it was <laughs> it was frustrating of course and as trading always is and what i do in situations like these is i talk to fellow traders how they have experienced that week it always like it always helps to know that you're not alone in the boat other people i talk to they got destroyed last week as well so (laughs) i didn't do anything wrong yeah (laughs) at least not much right and um besides that i i do review my journal i look at my equity curve and i look at the last 500 trades and i see a positive tendency or a very nicely obscured curve and then i remember that the last 10 trades are really just a drop on the on in the barrel, drop of water in the barrel is nothing, yeah.
0: right? It's like just a small dent and when you look at your whole trading story, it's like nothing. Just, yeah. yeah,
1: and and I've been in worse drawdowns before. It's just what what is most frustrating to me is the time, right? I don't really think in categories of money. Mm-hmm. I think in categories of time, which I also learned recently from um another trader who is doing that as well. And it's just frustrating to lose two or three weeks of time. Um right. I right. don't really care about the money.
0: That's interesting. And so if you have any questions, comment below in the chat. We want to make sure that, or I think it's on this side. We want to make sure people, we ask questions to because that's how you learn the most. And the best yes. type we have are always the one where people ask questions, they're engaged in the comment on whatever topic we talk about. And so I'm good to know about that uh, topic you talked about, thinking in terms of time. How did you start that and why do you do this? Is it good or bad? Or
1: It started actually when I was playing poker. Uh, I played poker a few years professionally Mm -hmm. and because in poker you really have to put in the time, same like day trading, six hours a day, you just sit there and then the most frustrating thing to me was always, you didn't make any progress today or you even lost progress today if I lost money, right? In any other uh, endeavor, whatever effort you put in, no matter how shitty that effort is, you still make progress. (laughs) Yeah, But (laughs) in trading, it's like You can do everything right, but you still are losing progress, time. And that's how I started thinking about it. And that was also the thing that was most frustrating to me. I never really cared about the money. I always cared about is the thing I'm doing here. Does it make sense regarding to my time? Because I only have 80 years on this planet, 90 if I'm lucky, and I don't want to waste hours, days, weeks on something which doesn't give me any return, right?
0: Yeah, that, and that's pretty much the reason why I don't day trade because it takes too much time and I <laughs> wouldn't be able to do everything I do if I were to day trade.
1: Yeah, so, that's also yeah. the reason why I'm, I'm slowly moving away from it because the older uh-huh. you get, the more valuable time becomes. And yeah. um, while I loved it, the last 10 years, I just love to sit in front of my computer and look at charts. This uh, passion is slowly waning. And I'm becoming more interested in in longer term trading simply for for the reason also that my true passion has always been numbers. And it doesn't really matter whether I day trade or swing trade. I still get the numbers, I can analyze, I can correct myself and so on, but with much less time effort.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's a cool kind of path. So how do you think about going in that transition of from day trading to swing trading? Because you already swing traded before, right? It's maybe going to be more now. So how do you plan to transition to swing trading?
1: Well, I'm still day trading from time to time. Now three days a week instead of five before. And I created a strategy. I followed the same process I followed when I was day trading. I looked at the charts. I looked at other traders, what they are doing. I looked at um, my own book of tricks. Because obviously you can't do what everyone else is doing, and then I started testing I, I created various um, strategies on different markets and I tested them, put the trades into my journals saw what works and what didn't and slowly slowly created a strategy out of these things it took me two years roughly and then I started getting more and more traction in that trading style and then I traded only three days instead of five days. And I'm now doing swing trading, position trading on the weekend, where I prepare for the next week. And slowly, slowly, I want to move all my assets into that trading style.
0: Nice. That's pretty cool. And the process is always the same. It's always backtesting, reviewing the stats, <laughs> and it's going to... Always the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would be your best tip for people who either don't have a strategy now, they want to create something, or they need to backtest like ASAP? to get the result, to be confident to trade. Do you have any tips for them?
1: What I would do is first look at as many trading strategies as possible, but look at them not from a standpoint of how much money can I make with it or how much money is the creator making with it, but more like does this click with me? Does this make sense? Because then you can make progress much faster. If it clicks with you, you can trade a strategy much, much easier. And then you take those rules from the creator or whatever, and you backtest them, and you see whether they work or not. And if they don't work, but you still like the system, you make adjustments, but you make them step-by-step, right? Uh, Each 30 trades, roughly, that's the number from statistics. After 30 trades, roughly, you get a meaningful um, sample size. Then you change one little thing. You maybe use a different take-profit stop-loss strategy, for example don't fiddle too much with the entries try to fix your trade management first and see whether you can create an edge out of that and then you just adjust the take profits first then you adjust your stop losses first and you slowly slowly create a strategy out of that which then will become your own after 500 600 700 trades
0: love it and you mentioned something pretty interesting which is you take it from the creator and then you back the tip so why is that why wouldn't you like if someone shares it to you why wouldn't you trade it right away live and go and make tons of money
1: because i don't trust anyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, not even my friends like um i wouldn't trust them if they gave me a strategy and said yo this is the money printer 2000 so like, no way even if it was like i i could see the equity curve i still have to see it for myself yeah. I can only trade a strategy if I trust it 100% and I can only trust it 100% if I did the tests myself and I looked at the results. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think more simply said, I think you just develop kind of a different mindset when you see your result and you know exactly yeah. like, what you've done yeah. in the back of saying what happens. And yes. I guess the only way to feel 100% confident, you can feel confident about something when you see other people doing it, but you don't feel 100% confident yourself. And that's like, that's a big gap in trading.
1: Exactly, yes, especially when you go into a drawdown.
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Speaking of drawdown, how do you handle them?
1: Drawdowns, so what I do is when I have a database of trades, say 500 trades or so, I look at the biggest drawdown I had during those 500 trades. And then I also do Monte Carlo on those trades. So basically what Monte Carlo does is reshuffle the trades in a random fashion. So when you get a drawdown of $500, your maximum drawdown, the sequence of trades is never fixed. It's totally random, right? So I reshuffle all the trades a thousand times with Monte Carlo. You can do that in Excel with a bit of uh, skill. And then you get the the very likely most maximum drawdown in the future because, as the saying goes, your worst drawdown is always in front of you. And um, as long as I don't reach this Monte Carlo drawdown, I keep trading. Right, no mm-hmm. problem for me. And once I exceed that drawdown, which never happened yet, but it might in the future, I have a trading stop, and um, I will um, review my strategy, see what went wrong. But until then, I just keep trading and doing what I do. Yeah.
0: Perfect, perfect. We have a great question in the chat. If you have any other question, comment below for sure, and we'll make sure to answer them. Whatever you can learn from Morris or from me, I think that's always good. And there's a lot that you can ask or learn and we'll do our best to uh, help you out with that. Question here from Gregory. Uh, what is your ideal setup?
1: My ideal setup? <laughs> that would be a strong uptrend. And then you get a flat top triangle. It's a very reliable pattern. And um, so a flat top triangle looks like you have a horizontal upper barrier and an upsloping trend line. On the bottom of the pattern and you need three hits on the top three hits on trend line if it everything works out perfect and the upper barrier cannot be um stabbed too much so uh, if it's very clean and then you get a nice breakout on high volume that's a very very reliable pattern and often it exceeds the chart pattern target by a lot so that is my favorite setup right now for swing trading And of course, there are other things that play into position sizing then if the stock has, the company behind the stock has uh, good sales and earnings numbers, for example, I would bet a bit more on that trade, but that's basically my perfect setup right now. Mm -hmm.
0: And how about Forex? Would you apply the same thing to the Forex market or
1: Um, setting
0: it in futures, no?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, both Forex and futures. I trade patterns as well in a day trading strategy, but it's uh, different. It's more proprietary. In stocks, you can basically trade if you have a criteria list, which is very strict. You can trade the patterns in vanilla conversion and still working, right? In Forex or in futures, the markets move differently. And of course, day trading, the um, markets are... Much more efficient, in my opinion. We need to adapt a bit different style and do something which not everyone is doing. But basically, it would be a strong drive up into a um, consolidation, and then a break out of that consolidation. So a little bit like a flag mm-hmm. uh, formation, but more more filters and more conditions apply. Yeah.
0: Cool, love it. Question here from Observer. I'm having trouble developing my strategy. I usually do well day trading into maybe two days as a counter trend trader, but I feel that using a single strategy is limiting my opportunities. What can you comment on that?
1: So um, you mean you want to have more trades? Or?
0: Yeah. So that person is using only like one strategy right now, and he feels mm. like that would be limiting his opportunities to trade because like you have less trades. So how would you combine this? So, because you do only one thing or many strategies?
1: Yeah. So as a manual trader. As a hand trader, it's difficult trading multiple strategies, in my opinion, because your brain will mix up a lot of stuff, yeah, <laughs> and sure. especially if you are a visual trader, you try to recognize patterns, your brain will burn these patterns slowly into your lizard brain or whatever, and it will make it much easier for you to recognize the profitable patterns. So that's the discretionary part, and I think the discretionary part. Of day traders or manual traders is most often the part which makes them profitable, right? Because if you were trading a hundred percent mechanical system, you could just code it quickly and um, be done with it. So you have to be very careful with trading multiple systems. I can do it because I have traded my day trading system for many years, and it's just second nature to me. If you are just starting out, stick with one strategy and stick to that until you have perfected it and then you can look at other areas as well i mean of course if you look at harry markowitz's books for example um portfolio uh, creation more strategies is always better because you can achieve the same returns with lower drawdowns so your equity curve will become much smoother but that is more for systematic traders, uh, algorithmic traders, and um, for manual traders, one strategy is pretty much enough for ninety-nine percent of people.
0: Yeah, and I was told by a trader who trades like quite a big amount of money for other people that like he only trades with one setup. That's the only thing he trades. But he's going to trade it like on different time frame, different instrument, because it's much easier for him to just execute the same setup all the time. It's like automatic all the time as opposed to having like all these things is set up, like with the R side, this one with this, this one with that. And it makes like a whole mess. So, but I I think that's that's where I prefer myself too. But yeah, you can go with two different paths, I guess.
1: Mm. That's actually a good point. You can use one setup and trade it on different timeframes. You can add diversification to your portfolio only by doing that. That's actually a good point there. I haven't thought about that yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, love it. Cool. Good ideas here. Awesome. My head is pretty much fried right now. Cool. That's awesome. Okay, (laughs) good. Wonderful. We had a question about volume. Do you use volume in Forex as well or only in stocks?
1: No, not in Forex. I use it in stocks. Yes. In stocks, if I get a perfect pattern and a nice breakout, I don't care about the volume. I use volume then for position sourcing only. If I get volume with the breakout, I will bet bigger. But I will still take the trade if I get a low-volume breakout. In Forex, simply for the known reasons, decentralized market over-the-counter, it just doesn't make sense in my opinion. right? I I have looked at different brokers, their price feeds and their volume feeds, and if you stick with a few of the big ones, that was quite interesting, actually, because they had very similar volume and um, price patterns. If you go to the smaller ones, <laughs> you're basically trading uh you're basically trading a micro ecosystem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which doesn't make You and so. five hundred people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit about your productivity techniques. And we talk about to do lists, which are really, really helpful. But mm-hmm. how do you combine all these things? So you run like two companies, edge one and trade side-y. plus mm-hmm. you have to trade, you have to look at the chart. How do you combine all of this? Do you have any trick for people? when you come more productive
1: yeah get up early <laughs> get, up. get up at 5 a.m like seriously it's one of the best things i've ever done in my life is to get up at 5 a.m work until 2 p.m and then everything you don't get done before 12 p.m is useless anyway to me at least because i'm a morning person and you can get so much done in those three hours from 5 a.m to 8 a.m until other people wake up it's yeah. amazing. I can get much more done during that time. And I use a technique called Pomodoro, which might be uh, known to some people. Pomodoro is Italian for tomato, I think. And basically what you do is you cut the tomato into four pieces, four quarters. And then in productivity, it looks like 25 minutes. So you work for 25 minutes, then a five-minute break. Another 25 minutes, five-minute break. You do that four times. You a big 15 minute break at the end and then you do that again that way you can one thing is really important uh, the negative effects of sitting so sitting is the new smoking right Uh, you can i'm still smoking though (laughs) you can if you get up five minutes every 25 minutes walk around and take a break the negative effects of sitting will be almost zero Uh, you can refresh your brain And you can then work more productive again after those 25 minutes. So after those five-minute breaks. So I use 12 Pomodoro. So I work 12 times 25 minutes. And I have to get everything done in those 12 slots. Anything else I don't get done in those 12 slots will be pushed to tomorrow. So I need to be very, very effective and efficient. And that is another point. You have to be very effective before you are efficient, right? Because you can be very efficient at doing something which is useless. So you first have to find out which things you do are the most effective and then do those in the most efficient way.
0: Powerful. And that's the thing I've done a lot back home in Canada, but not while traveling. So it's interesting you bring it back up. Probably something I have to implement myself. But (laughs) uh, yeah, that's a really good idea. I love it. And how do you then schedule your trading time? And do you, do you, try, do you just focus on trading or do you, do you do something else on this side?
1: No, no. When I'm trading, I'm 100% in the charts. Like, mm-hmm. that's the only way it works. I schedule my trading time well for, for swing trading simply on Saturdays. Morning, I get up, I do my scans, I do my watch list, um, I do the uh, watch list video for our members. And that's it. For day trading, I have to be there. One hour before the New York Open. I only trade the New York session these days. I have to be there one hour before the New York Open until London close, roughly, and I only trade during that time. Nothing else. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is a good, also good topic because you change time zones. So and you've I think <laughs> always traded the U.S. Open, right? Yeah. So how do you manage this when? Well, I guess you just adapt the schedule to that, right?
1: Yeah. um... The reason why I'm doing the U.S. session is because it's it's easier for me with the time zones. Exactly. That's the point. When I'm in Asia, it's evening, 8, 9 p.m. When I'm in Europe, it's like 3 p.m. And I don't go to any other time zones. So anywhere in between is not a problem. If I would move to America now, then I would have a problem because depending on the coast, I would have to get up at 5 a.m. or so, which simply i can't trade in the morning it doesn't work okay my brain is i can't so (laughs) i had to choose a trading session in the afternoon Um, so i can get all my work done in the morning then i can relax and then i trade right that's one of the main reasons why i chose the us session
0: cool cool i want to get to something like a little bit more advanced some techniques that you have but before we have sassan fx What is your entry system and what time frame do you recommend for, I guess, new traders or aspiring traders?
1: Mm, For new traders, the, the risk reward for day traders is quite low or quite high. The risk is really high and the reward is very low. So your risk being the time you put in and the reward being that you become profitable, which is quite unrealistic, especially if you have a day job as well. Like you work for the whole day and you come home at night, you still need to trade three, four hours. It's not going to work, especially if you still have family and so on. So for newer traders, four hours daily, that's the way to go. That's what I think, right? And then you can also spend much more time for studying because that's what you should be doing in the beginning. You should spend much more time studying than trading. And when you're day trading, you just will spend a lot more time trading rather than studying. which is a problem because there is no learning by doing in, in trading. You have to really do your homework. But what my entry style is, is basically I'm a, I'm a breakout trader, right? With the trend. Yeah?
0: Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. When you say studying and becoming better, what does that mean? Does that mean reading a book? Does that mean watching videos? Does that mean picking up like Bloomberg and looking at the news? <laughs> what, so what does that mean?
1: That's a nah, No Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, um, studying is research. Research about your own trading style in your journal. Reading books, yes, but only the good ones. That's quite hard in the beginning because you don't really know what is good at, and there are a lot of shitty books out there. I don't learn a lot these days from books I read. Most of them, I only read the first 10, 15 pages in trading and throw them away. Yeah, but I think the most important. Studying you can do is research about your own strategy and your own trading style and um play around with your journal. Like what would have happened if in the past I would always bet one percent on each trade? What would happen if I always exited if the price went below the twenty moving average? Stuff like that. Just play around with your journal, yeah.
0: Love it. Yeah. I think it's a good advice for sure. Love it. If you guys have any other questions, come up in the chat, and I keep repeating myself, but that's super useful. If you want to ask okay. more anything, we'll make sure to answer and to uh, look at your questions. So where I want to go now is, I know you've been doing longer than I've been trading. And so what I'm curious to know is, like, when you get to a certain level of experience, how do you keep becoming better and making sure you don't fall to be kind of average? Are there things that you keep working on or things you keep doing? Or what does that look like to make sure you keep growing and moving forward?
1: Yeah, on a meta level, important is like a lot of people, they become complacent once they hit profitability yeah, or... It's... Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's, that's what I see a lot. Like people that they become profitable, they kind of stop. And some people, they, they fail and they stop trading at some point, so <laughs> I think that's a big uh, challenge. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. You need to be... It's a never-ending uphill <laughs> battle. That's trading simply, right? And. For me, the problem always was uh, once I mastered a strategy and I found it to be profitable and I felt like, all right, now you can print money with this strategy. I lost interest in it right? because that was always my problem for anything. I, if I mastered something, I would lose interest in it <laughs> because I'm always here for the challenge. And learning new, I'm always curious what you have to keep doing is the framework you need to work out you need to eat sleep healthy and so on because all those things have a huge effect on your bottom line and it's a very fragile um construct and if one thing has a problem then your trading will suffer a lot so if i mean let's be honest trading is a peak performance activity and you need to be at peak performance all the time or you simply cannot trade especially day trading So what I did with this problem I had um, of always wanting to master new stuff is that I simply got a friend on board who is an algorithmic trader and I'm telling him all the ideas I have. (laughs) Test this, test that, and so on. And let me know the results. And of course, he gets new ideas from me because he's purely trading algorithmic. So he needs new ideas to feed his style all the time. And I can test new ideas and learn new things about the market at the same time while still trading my old boring strategy.
0: Yeah. Love it. That's a good advice. And that's also something I've been do- starting to do as well. So it's interesting. <laughs> Testing with algorithms. I love it. And are you going to trade those things or is it just for purely fun?
1: We are definitely planning on um, moving more and more into algorithmic trading because my biggest passion has always been numbers, data sets. I- wouldn't care whether it's a time series of the apple stock or of uh, guinea pigs mortality rate (laughs) it's just interesting to see the correlations and insights you can get out of that and that has always been my biggest passion plus creativity i love thinking about new things and looking at the markets and testing stuff so that is definitely the biggest passion i have in trading so we are Thinking about moving more and more in, into algorithmic trading. Yeah,
0: interesting. question. Sure. Question here from Observer. So, is is having ups and downs in the trading? I guess PNL. He's asking, what account did you both start up with and have blown up before? If you blew up an account,
1: <laughs> it depends on your cost of living, right? Yeah. Do you have a family? In which country do you live? What is your style of living? Make a calculation. I have a simple Excel file where I have all my fixed costs. I have my, my monthly um, cost of living and everything is in there. And then I simply look at what I need each month and um, then backward engineer basically how much money I need, how much returns I need to make each year on that money. And then you double those numbers. <laughs> That's yeah. how you get your account. <laughs>
0: That's, That's really good advice. Love it. Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to end up at the month where, like, flush on the exact number with your stuff and that, no. no it's
1: a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. Especially if you're losing month or losing yeah. week, whatever. That, that's a good advice. Someone says zero is going down. Okay, wonderful. I have a <laughs> short in euro, I think, but that's fine. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. So any other questions from Moritz? You guys comment in the chat. We want to make sure that we answer your question. Is there anything more oh, that you would like to pass on to people? Anything that they have to learn about? Or
1: I would say what helped me the most in trading and in, um, in my personal life or in my professional life as well is I was always a perfectionist and that doesn't help at all. <laughs> so once I recognized that I have to stop being a perfectionist, everything took off. It was really amazing. It's like. I'm pretty sure most of you have tried a diet before or tried to be um, very consistent with one thing. You started out you're highly motivated and then you stop uh, one day, you fail one day, everyone fails right? And no one is a machine I mean it just doesn't happen everyone fails and then you just destroy a perfect diet for example you dieted for 20 days You one day you go on a binge and you eat 500 marshmallows and then so you feel like you failed, you destroy a perfect diet, and you stop. And that's exactly where you should keep going because everyone fails, and real success is made the day after you fucked up, right? So no one is perfect, and don't be a perfectionist. Just keep going steady, 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 step by step, and don't worry too much about the little drawdowns, ups and downs, and so on. Yeah,
0: yeah that's some advice, and I'm also definitely perfectionist. And so I step also myself to, like before I was trying to find the perfect strategy with the peak profit, which like, everyone wants to find. But once you start with that kind of lower return that are maybe going to be more consistent, it's, yeah, yeah, everything changed. and It's a different game. And yeah. that works on um, everything in life, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. Bob Pardo, like he, he developed something perfect profit, which basically calculates how much profit you would make if you would enter exactly at a swing points, And the best strategy is... The best strategies are like capturing five, ten, fifteen percent of those moves in the market. So there are billions to be made in the market, but you, obviously, but you will always only capture capture a very small fraction of that. Uh, you just have to be aware of that.
0: Yeah, and that's part of life in trading, I guess. <laughs> yeah, cool. The other thing I wanted to talk about is I, I've had the read barrows a few weeks ago. Talk mm-hmm. about the I think it's, it's a scenario optimizer or scenario tester in Edgewonk. I thought it was pretty cool. Can you tell people how that works and kind of what can you do with this?
1: Well, you can um, basically, in Edgewonk, it will extrapolate your performance into the future from your current performance. And then you can see the expectation corridor. So if you're trading with a two to one risk reward and a 50% win rate, then that's, I mean, stellar strategy. Then you put that into Edgewonk and it extrapolates into the future. You can see that best case, you will make $300,000 after 500 trades. Worst case, you will make $20,000 after 300 trades, after 500 trades. And then you, it will be much easier for you to follow your plan because you know that your expectation is somewhere between those in that corridor and will help you stick to your strategy. Yeah.
0: I think that's, that's brilliant. And the other thing I we was talking about as well, I think it's the, uh, the fact that you can see like what happens if you exit a little bit later or a little bit earlier. So that, that's pretty cool, I think.
1: Yeah, you can, you can test different strategies um, depending on the same exit. So you can, for example, say what would have happened if in the past for all my trades, I would have exited at two risk-reward ratio. Or you can track any condition you want. Yeah. And then see how that would affect uh, your equity curve. And at the same time, you can also filter out trades, for example, by day of week. Or uh, you can also create custom stats, uh, how you slept last night. (laughs) You can track anything you want and then try to find correlations between those patterns. Of course, spurious correlations could be there too if you um, go a bit too crazy about it. But the good thing about Edgewong is that we put everything into a very clear and concise framework. So we took care of that for you mostly, that you don't track too many, too much data and just data snooping, right? And you, you try to find correlations where there are none. Yeah. So with Edgewong, you can look at your strategy and smoothen out your equity curve, stop taking the bad trades, see where you're leaking money, take only the better ones. And that's what it's all about. Yeah.
0: It's really cool. So those are things you didn't know about at all. But if you really want to go to EdgeRonk, I think I'll have to uh, maybe go back to it. Really, really cool. will love it. And we also have a discount code for Edronk. If you guys want to grab it, links in me below. Maybe you can tell people what that's about a little bit more. What are the features, the benefits, why people should use that type of journal, as opposed to a typical like Excel journal?
1: Yeah. Well. Everyone should use a journal. We established that. And then the point is that um, Rolf and me, we basically, we put our own journals, which have been time-proven together, and created Edgewonk out of that. So really, all the metrics, all the statistics in Edgewonk, they are designed to really improve your trading. It's not some hocus-pocus black magic voodoo. Um, It's just you look at the stats and you know where you are losing money and you can save tons of time. I mean, developing your own Excel journal, which is doable. I, mean, I love Excel. It's a great product. Um, you can do that, but you can save a lot of time. And at the same time, Edgewong is steering you into the right direction uh, when it comes to journaling because, yeah, there are millions of stats you can track <laughs> in trading. Many of them are quite useless. So you have to find out yourself what stats you want to track, or you simply um, come to us and um, have everything taken care of for you. And you can concentrate on your trading and your journaling instead of sitting hundreds of hours in front of Excel. Yeah,
0: Yeah, love it. And it makes the whole process much clearer and much easier, I think.
1: Yes, of course. We have a trader development program as well, which comes with Edgewonk if, uh, if you want. And um, it basically shows you how to integrate Edgewong into your routine, how to establish a routine, how to go about journaling, all the concepts behind Edgewong. So it will make you much more organized and, in that regard, more professional trader, which will in itself also give you an edge over other people because 80%, 90% of people out there are so unorganized, it's a nightmare. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. love it. And that's great if you will have this for T2 set things up, be organized, and hopefully uh, survive the long-term in trading. So guys, links <laughs> gonna be below. We have a discount code, I think, DTT20, that we set up for Edgewonk, so you guys wanna have a good discount on that. It's gonna be for the viewers of this video. And there's no discount code, it's gonna be, so if you watch this, you'll know the discount code. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> <But> yeah, <laughs> click link below, and you have a discount code DTT20. Right. Yes. Uh, Morris, do you have a degree in mathematics?
1: I have a degree in philosophy. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. In philosophy, there is some logic involved. Yeah. Basically, you have to take a class in logic, which is the same class informatics people are taking or mathematicians. And I also studied educational psychology on the side. There was a lot of statistics in there. And from that side, I realized that My passion is really uh, about numbers, so I got slowly into it. I I was even thinking about becoming an accountant for some time, (laughs) simply because I love working with Excel so much (laughs) and uh, numbers. But I think big data and algorithmic trading are a bit better paid than accounting, especially because accounting will be taken over by AI soon anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also a different game. You all have the same lifestyle. Yes. Which I think you want to have as well. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I did a video about that a couple of days ago, but what are the best and worst part of the Forex Trader or Trader in general lifestyle, in your opinion?
1: The the worst part of the Forex Trader lifestyle is the social life, I would say. Like, But that comes hand in hand, right? Because you have a lot of freedom on here and you have a lot of freedom here. But this freedom... Uh, makes you become an uh, like living alone, and the other one, the other freedom enables you to travel all around the world and uh, be your own boss. So, those are really the best and, and the worst thing about trading. Uh, Perfect. You can't have one without the other,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, which is something I get to discover over time as well. But well, it's interesting, <laughs> very interesting. Theodore says, What do you think of hedging?
1: Hedging, uh. <laughs> it's like uh, what did the one guy say diversification is for idiots <laughs> I don't know who said that but hedging is for idiots too I mean I don't want to be uh, <laughs> too insulting but if you why would you hedge if, if you if you are trading a stock portfolio okay and you are following the classic hedging uh, theories okay there is some merit to it if you are a forex trader with a small account no, I don't I don't see any merit to it.
0: Yeah. The thing is that a lot of people who you who, who use edging have no stop loss and they wanna kind yeah. of balance things out. And yeah, but so if you probably like your risk in different ways, I think you don't need to edge for no reason.
1: Yeah. I was part of a trading group for some time which used hedging to circumvent the margin call, which was interesting and worked quite well for some people. But Eventually, um, the accounts got busted. Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Cool. How can people find you or connect with you or reach out after the podcast? And we have a lot going on, so feel free to. Uh, uh, you can find
1: up. me on Twitter. So my Twitter handle is stock TCM, all written in together. Stock TCM, or you can shoot me an email at moritz at Nice, nice.
0: And now comes in a new place where everything is described about the software. Plus, we have a link below. Exactly, And that's, that's going to yes. be good. So any advice we'd like to leave people with? I know it's been 45 minutes plus. So now 55 minutes. Wow. So any advice you have for people as a last mm-hmm. advice? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Always uh, make sure that... I'm, I, I know it sounds like a cliche, but if you're only in trading for the money, it's not going to work. On the other hand... There are so many careers in trading that almost everyone can find something that fits their passion, right? If if your passion is not being a day trader, maybe your passion is being an analyst or whatever. There are so many career paths in trading that if you are in it for the money, better look for a career path inside of trading that fits your passions and you will do much better. Right? mean, kind of froze a little bit, but yeah.
0: So do you let's say, advice for, like, so what are the different kind of field or job you would see in trading, apart from analysts?
1: There are so many, man. I mean, you can, you can also work uh, as an accountant first for a hedge fund. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything. You, you can become a prop trader. You can work at the exchange. You can work as an IT specialist in, in a hedge fund. You can do statistics, big data. There are so many options and uh, yeah, I know for many positions, people say you need a master or a PhD or five years of experience, but uh, simply call, call, right? Simply send them an email, uh, tell them what you can do and um, scout for positions on the internet. There are plenty of options. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: And the other cool things that you get to learn from these people who do the trading or whatever, as well at the yeah. same time. So we'll exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Maritz, thanks for for being on the channel. It's been a pleasure to be here today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) That was great.